Did they miss us? Do you think they missed us? Here we are, two weeks later, the last time the 12.03 was live. Parker and I were very critical of the Houston Rockets, and they're not even the Houston Rockets, but we were very critical of Russell Westbrook and James Harden. We took a week off for Thanksgiving. We enjoyed our breaks. We are enjoying a Wednesday afternoon. Just got done with a busy evening. And the news hits. Russell Westbrook is gone. Parker, how you feeling? Well, it's not just that he's gone. It's that it was a great trade by Raphael Stone. So here's the setup, guys. Of course, Russell Westbrook, great player, but he wanted out of Houston after small ball did not work. Well, it's evident that the Rockets are getting away from small ball, and they may not be done with this, but they've already started the chips in motion. So a lot has happened since our two weeks. It really has. It has been – the, well, busy the Rock, well, the Rockets have been busy, and uh, there's Texans news I want to talk about a little bit later, too. But a lot has happened, and uh, we're not going to forget A&M. We have to talk about A&M. Texas A&M, we're going to talk about them. I'm going to talk about the uh-uh. Houston Astros a little bit. Um, got an action-packed show, but I mean – Anyway, I was just going to finish that whole uh, – Yeah, go ahead. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to get off that, but I just wanted to kind of preview all that. But, yeah, like you were saying, we got a lot to talk about. But going back to the Rockets thing, so – they started preparing for this more traditional – it's safe to say Raphael Stone is more of a traditional uh, basketball mind and not so much with the analytics. He's more, okay, you got a big man inside, you've got wing players on the outside that can dish it, and you've got uh, – def- and, you, and you have defense and things like that. And Steven Silas, the, uh, the uh, new Rockets head coach who was the offensive guru behind uh, the Dallas Mavericks when they were scoring all those points with Luka and uh, Chris Stops and all those guys. Steven Silas was the coach that was – or was the offensive guy that was behind all that. Uh, Rick Carlisle was more defense. Steven Silas was more the offensive to that. So um, it's all about ball movement. It's more about ball movement, and John Wall definitely brings you that. And you actually have a traditional – are a real big man. You have DeMarcus Boogie Cousins, who is still one of the better rebounders in the league, may not may not stay healthy all the time, but when healthy, is a force down low, can shoot the outside shot, unlike Clint Capella could never do that. Clint Capella was just a guy who could dunk, catch lobs. And you got another guy like that in a power forward who's Christian Woods. So uh, you got this Woods guy who's coming in from Detroit who's young, you got DeMarcus Cousins, who's old. He's in his 30s, but he's lower 30s, and he's still a force down low. He's a big body, a seven-footer. Christian Woods is almost a seven-footer. You've got two really big guys down low now who are athletic and big and can uh, help the offense out. And then you've got a perimeter guy in John Wall who can get it to him. So John Wall, he can penetrate. He was, he was good in Washington, I thought, with the Washington Wizards with his running mate, Bradley Bill, that team was a solid team. They were never got over the hump, but they challenged some teams, and I thought they did pretty good. I mean, you got to say, I mean, it wasn't like Russell Westbrook and OKC by himself was doing much, and the Rockets, we saw they couldn't get past the second round. So um, this John Wallcat, maybe uh, he's, he's hungry for a ring. He hasn't won one yet, so he's coming to Houston. Who knows what will happen now? Uh, the, the big – If the big caveat now, Reed, is that we don't know what will happen with James Harden. If you keep James Harden, you've got a legit starting lineup with Wall at point guard, Harden at at shooting guard, and you got P.J. Tucker at small forward. So instead of center, P.J. Tucker moves up to small forward because in the small ball lineup, P.J. Tucker was legit playing center. Well, they had Robert Covington come in too, but – both those guys were playing center. They were super tiny. And it was interesting, but it obviously didn't work against the bigger teams. So you're moving P.J. Tucker back to his normal position, which is small forward. You're putting in Christian Woods at the power forward, who's a pretty big power forward, athletic guy, um, can shoot the three too, by the way. 
And then you have Boogie, who can also shoot the outside shot, but then you put him at center. All of a sudden, you go from one of the smallest teams in the league to you're a pretty big team, and you may slow it down, and you may move the ball a little bit more. It's not going to be this uh, full-court run-and-gun offense anymore. It's changing into a more traditional basketball offense that the Rockets haven't had in a long, long time. So if you're a Rockets fan and you're complaining about the three-pointers and you're complaining about the uh, the small ball and just running up and down and just throwing up threes and not really having any rhythm to your offense, it's going to start to change. It's going to look a little bit different. It's going to look like a real half-court NBA basketball team. So um, if you want to change, you got it, Rockets fans. So whether you're excited or not excited about the change, you can't complain because Houston's gotten rid of their coach. They got rid of Westbrook, who was running gun, who was Harden's buddy. They're probably going to get rid of Harden at some point. Um, we don't know that. I, I don't know what the future untold, but there is change in Houston, and that's what people wanted. That's what people were crying for. So people got what they wanted. So we'll see how it goes. For those of you absolutely clueless, as we jumped right into it in today's show, you wanted to hit it while the iron was hot. Not even an hour. It might have been an hour now, but not even an hour ago from the show started, the news hit that John Wall was headed to the Houston Rockets. Uh, Russell Westbrook is headed to Washington. Uh, the trade's official is Russell Westbrook for John Wall and a first-round pick. So the the Rockets, much like their, their uh, NFL counterparts across town, lose a first-round pick in the deal. But – you, you land John Wall, one of the most consistent and most explosive point guards in the league. He's different. He, he's different than – No, than, you get a, a first-round pick. Did you say they lost one? I thought they lost one. No, they got one. The 2020, oh, I guess they I got, read it wrong. They, they, they traded Russell Westbrook for John Wall in a 2023 first-round draft pick. I'm telling you, this I, is I a good – This is a Makes good Makes the deal even better. Move. This is I, a I, good move for the Houston Rockets. Yes. I'm on board. I did not realize that. Rockets. Um. Yeah, so uh, just to clarify, yeah, it was a 2023 first round pick. I'm just, I'm just talking. I was looking in because I mean, I've been, you know, as soon as it happened, my phone blows up. Anything Houston, my phone blows up. So it's not like, uh, it, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not your bad or anything. It's just when it comes to like Houston Rockets, Texans, or whatever, it's my, everyone already sends me the stuff, so I get it pretty much automatically. But yeah, no, it was, a, it was the Rockets getting a first round pick, and. They get uh, because if you remember, well, if you remember correctly, uh, you probably don't. But in the Chris Paul trade a while back, which seems like a lot of years ago, they lost a lot of first round picks in in that deal. Um, they really Houston's been out of first round picks for a while now, so um, they're pil- they're starting to stack back up on first rounders, which is great for the Houston Rockets. So um, all in all, a great move. Now it is 2023, so it is a little bit of ways. But uh, if you're starting to shape this. Uh, Raphael Stone Rockets, which is a lot different than the Daryl Morey Rockets, which Daryl Morey's doing his thing in Philadelphia. That's fine. I wish him the best. But the small ball analytics, three-point shooting just didn't work. And I don't think it will work in Philadelphia, but we'll see. Um, Raphael Stone, this guy's going back to traditional basketball. So we'll see if that's what, they actually, if that's what the Rockets wanted. Then, uh, yeah, they, they've got a great head start on that with John Wall and Boogie Cousins and We'll, we'll see how these other guys fit in, but it's going to be fun to watch. It's funny how much a team can change in, the, in one offseason, right? In basketball, I mean, for sure, yeah. In basketball, for sure. I mean, you're only running five guys out there yeah. as your starting crew, so that starting crew can change a lot quickly. Obviously, the Houston Rockets have done quite a bit of that. Didn't they just add Gerald Green not too long ago? Well, Gerald Green, yeah, he's been on and off. Um, he, uh, he, was on the, he wasn't on the team – well, I think he was on the team to start last year – but then he ended up fading off, and he's a Houston guy, by the way. He's he's from Houston, so he's been around the Rockets, but he didn't quite make the team last year or didn't stay with the team. He wasn't in the bubble. Um, they get him back in the team, and he's a good wing player. He'll come off the bench. He'll be like a, a 9-10 guy in the rotation. He'll be further back in the rotation. But then you've got a potential six-man-of-the-year candidate. Well, the reason I have him up here, I have John Wall and Daniel House. Let's see if I can get this right. Yeah, Daniel House. He's a former four. Aggie. Uh, he's Giggle. a former Aggie. Giggle. Bro, bro, he is he he ball he balls out for Houston. He's from the Houston area too, so he's he went to AM, but he's a Houston guy through and through, just like Gerald Green. But I mean Daniel House is actually a lot better than Dar- than uh Daryl Green. Uh, yeah, Daryl Green. So um Gerald Green. So yeah, he he will he will do 
great for the Rockets. I'm glad they got him back because uh, he was out because, uh, well, there was a lot of things in the bubble that he was out with. He, he actually, uh, funny story, uh, in the bubble, if you, if you guys don't know this, but if you're a Houston guy, you know, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, you know this, but some of you guys may not know this, but Daniel House got kicked out of the bubble because he invited some uh, females back to his – or maybe it was just one female. I don't know. But the rumor is that there was some girls he invited back to his uh, his hotel room. And you're not supposed to do that if you're in pro- – like the bubble was supposed to be on lockdown. You're not supposed to have family in there. You're not supposed to have anybody in there. Well, it actually ended up ruining his uh, his marriage a little bit too because it wasn't even his wife that he invited back. It was a different female. But uh, NBA Twitter was going nuts over that. But now Daniel House says he regrets his decision – He's trying to focus back on his family and basketball and get his head on straight. He really did screw the Rockets last year. Uh, not saying they would have beaten the Lakers, but the small ball for the Rockets, it's, it was so important for every guy, everybody to pitch in because there was no big body. So it was everybody was pitching in every night to help with rebounding and all that other stuff. So when Daniel House was out of the lineup last year, it really hurt the Rockets. So now that he's back, um, you know, it was a stupid decision that he made, but he's back now, and I'm really happy for him and Jail Green getting these guys coming back. They're Houston guys, so um, we'll see. We'll see how they can do. But yeah, he's he's a he was a big piece. He's a potential six man of the year type guy. That's how good Daniel House is. I mean, I put him up there with Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams and uh, those type of guys. So let, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room, right? John Wall's a rocket. You get the first round pick. Russell Westbrook, after one year, is out the window. Third point guard. Third, like, an influential point guard to come through John Wall. What makes it what, – what, tell me, Parker, why is it going to be different this time? Well, uh, kind of how I said it was going to be different is there's going to be um, – Steven Salas has actually went on the uh, record saying that he doesn't want to play – ISO ball, dribble, 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 shoot up threes, which is what, which is all Harden did. Harden was Mr. ISO. Mr. ISO. He was damn good at it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He won an MVP award and he almost won two or three MVP. I mean, he was in the running for about three of them. Um, so I'm not saying it wasn't effective, but in the playoffs, you have to have some kind of ball movement. You can't be as predictable. I mean, Steve Kerr made a joke. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, us and the Rockets are a lot alike, except, you know, where they run high ISO, high ISO pick and roll, we run about 50 other plays off of that. And he just – it was just kind of a sly comment. But it was, it was an interview with Steve Kerr, and it was like, ooh, shots fired at D'Antoni and his offense. But, um, yeah, the Warriors and the Rockets, when you looked at them on paper and the way they scored, man, these teams are pretty good. But then you watch what they did. The Rockets were so reliant on their three-pointers came from ISO ball with Harden, kick it out at the last second, someone shoot the three, and it worked. I mean, they were winning that with that. And Chris Paul was also another example of that. They would ISO Chris Paul, ISO James Harden, and they would kick it out. That's all they would do, though. You just ISO, 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 pick and roll, ISO. That was it. Then you look at a team like the Warriors and the Spurs and the Mavericks and all the other Western Conference teams that actually move the basketball, and you see how fluent their offense is. It's completely – it's night and day. It's night and day. And so that's why I think uh, Houston fans are kind of tired of Harden. And uh, it was fun while it lasted, but if he gets out, then they can really reshape the offense. I'm not saying they're going to win uh, – a championship or anything like that, because you still have to probably, if you get rid of Harden, you have to get someone who's willing to buy in. And if Harden can buy in, then I would say maybe let's see if we can do this for Houston. But if Harden doesn't buy in, then you better get someone damn good for him, which Raphael Stone, he's not, I mean, he's not, he's not just trading these guys away. He's making sure he gets something in return because these guys are still under contract. Russell Westbrook was under contract. I mean, the Rockets had him locked up. So they traded him for John Wall and a first-round pick. I expect the same type of trade to get rid of James Harden, if not more. I mean, you're either going to get a shit ton of picks and players or you're going to get one or two really good players or you're going to get a superstar player, one superstar player for another superstar player. So it's not just going to be a DeAndre Hopkins-type trade where you just get rid of him and hope you get something good in return. It's, 
This Which this you GM, don't. This GM <laughs> seems to have a better. Uh, this GM seems to have a better. Uh, he's not scared. Uh, when the the players are complaining about wanting out, he's like tough. Tough cookies. We're we're keeping you until we get something we want. We're not letting. Uh, now the Spurs were victim of this too when they traded Kawhi to Toronto and got DeMar DeRozan back, and I don't know who else they got back. But the, the Spurs, you know, they were just trying to get rid of Kawhi because Kawhi wanted out. Well, Kawhi but, wasn't gonna Kawhi wasn't gonna put on a Spurs uniform again. So Kawhi at that point, you had to get what you. And they did. had to get rid of him, but at the same time, they could have gotten more, in my opinion, in return for Kawhi. But you know, whatever. That's the past. We'll see how the, the Spurs. You know, they've been struggling. I think Demar Derozan's a much more valuable commodity uh, than David Johnson. But they've been we're not they've been get into uh, struggling a lot more since that trade uh, than they probably would have hoped. But we'll see how the Spurs do now. They've got some younger guys coming they're up. Young. But they're definitely in. Re- they're definitely you know they not in rebuild mode, but they're hard, definitely but. kind of trying to figure out what works. But anyway, it's next. in that same anyway. mold. It's in that same mold, in my opinion. Uh, we can debate. That's a different debate if you want to go down that rabbit hole. Nah, but not today. I, I think <laughs> I think I'm not, that, I'm not prepared to defend that today. <laughs> yeah, because you can't. But anyway. I bet uh, I could, but not today. No, no, you couldn't. But uh, that was a bad trade, getting rid of Kawhi like that and sending I – mean, to Kawhi, the, the Rosen didn't do much for you all. But, uh, yeah, so – yeah, you thought he would be more, but he wasn't. But anyway, back to back to the Rockets. Yeah, just move got, on before I have to argue with something, you. You got something out of it, is what I'm saying. Uh, the Rockets got something out of that trade. The Spurs did not, is what I'm saying. So you got to hold your water, even if a player wants out. Tough shit. You you make something out of it. You make it happen. You get something in return, which is what the Rockets did, and what they're going to have to do for James Harden if he wants to. Uh, and that's what if I he want. wants out. That's if he really want. wants out. At the end of the day, these guys want to play basketball. I mean, I even think Kawhi wanted to play. I mean, I think at some point you see all your other friends out there playing basketball. You want to play and you want to be part of the greatest. You know, it's the NBA. You don't get any competition like it. So, at the end of the day, I think these guys do want to play. And I think you as a GM, you can hold that against those guys because it's 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 a fun you, – you sit out a couple games and you're like, damn, I kind of miss it. You know, it's part of sports. It's part of that competitive – nature but these guys are different now i don't know but that's just my opinion well let me ask you this you mentioned how the offense has changed now whether he's gone or not aside because he could be gone he could be staying so far we, we, we don't, thought we don't he know. was we don't know we thought he was gone two or three weeks ago and he's still here so we don't know <laughs> with <laughs> we'll this see. new offense can yeah. james harden still be the key Without feature you think so he was the sixth man in okc and he was still really darn good so yeah, I do. I think that. I mean, you guys need to go back to the old James Harden, the OKC years, where he was playing with Kevin Durant, who was by f- – so, dude, he had Kevin Durant ahead of him. He had Russell Westbrook ahead of him. James Harden was an afterthought on that team. and He, he really was. Balled. He still he really balled was. out. He still balled out. Dude, James Harden didn't become the James Harden we knew and loved until after he left OKC. But the dude was still pretty darn good in OKC. So – if he can even channel what half – I mean, just – if he can channel just what he was in OKC plus the new experience he's gained, then, yeah, I think I think he can ball out. I think he has to realize something that um, – I think at the end of the day, James Harden does really want to win because there's, there's, there's a thing about James Harden that is gets a lot of – like his – his effort is, is one thing and I guess his, uh, his defense or whatever, but there comes down to – I think a point in time where he does talk to other players and he does get, uh, you know, in their face. And he does like, as you see him go back and forth with other players, you can tell he definitely doesn't want to be one of those guys. that's an afterthought. He doesn't want to be like a, uh, like a great player. That's never won a ring. Cause right now, James Harden, if he continues, he's going to be one of the greatest players to never win a ring. I mean, one that's of the greatest regular season players. Yeah. So, that, that, I mean, that's what I wanted to say. Well, like, I mean, it's not that, like his numbers were trash in the playoffs. I mean, he still had some pretty good numbers. But, no, but he didn't win. Um, At the end of the day, he didn't yeah. win. But, but here's what I want to say. At the well, end that's day, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Reed. If you don't win a ring, you can't, you can't win. I said he's one of the greatest players without a ring. That's yeah, true. Yeah, and I agreed with that. But you, said, I, you said in the regular season. I said, well, that doesn't matter. You're still – you're still – that's what I'm saying. You're a greatest You player. really want to argue today, don't you? You're just looking for a fight. No, I think you are. You're wrong. You're 0 for 2. 
I don't think so. Anyway, what yeah, I wanted to say are. is I don't think you can find a better scorer than James Harden right now. So whether he's going to choke in the playoffs or not, you might as well keep him around, especially if you have him on contract. Well, he's one of the best scorers in the game. Yeah, I think without a doubt. I think he's – look at who he's lost to. <laughs> he's lost yeah. to the Lake. <laughs> Come Lakers on, and the Warriors. Let's, let's go. I'll name these teams. Lakers, Spurs. Lakers, Warriors. And Warriors. Those were all better teams than the Rockets record-wise. So are you really choking if you're losing to a team with a better record? I don't know. When you, when you get to Let's the playoffs, as, that. When, you get to the playoffs too, when you get to the playoffs as often as he has consistently over and over and over again, at some point. The one year, the, the, yeah, there was two significant uh, moments where he say, choked. Two significant at moments. At some point, it becomes he game, can't win in the playoffs. The Spurs game six where he just completely choked. Kawhi wasn't there. And then you talk about the, uh, yeah, the Chris Paul, the Chris Paul era without Chris Paul was bad. When Chris Paul went down and you were still up 3-2, and the Rockets were the better team that year. So, yeah, I agree with that. Now, he definitely choked. He's choked before, but he still made the conference finals to say he didn't have a good playoff run. I mean, and the Warriors did end up winning the whole thing. So, yeah, well, I don't know. It's hard, to, it's hard to really get too mad about that. That Warriors team was still pretty darn good. I mean, I agree, but at the same time, you can sugarcoat it all you want. He still choked in the playoffs. But, yeah. anyway, let's move on to the yeah, NFL. Houston Texans, let's start with them. There's not a whole lot to talk about with the Cowboys. Same old crap, just underachieving. Everybody's hurt. Anyway, uh, is the some Texans big news. have won two games, though. I was going to say, is some big news Texans out of Texans camp. The games, Texans yeah. were finally starting to look a little bit better, and then they get smacked. I and I was going to come on here and brag in your face about it. but And then uh, they get absolutely schlocked. Because the Texans were still – like, the Texans legit had a chance to go 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, I think. If Will uh, they would have had still. to win out, but they you're right. They yes, did have a but chance. look at their schedule. Look at their schedule. They have the Colts twice. They probably split that, so that would have been eight wins. But they can beat the Titans in Houston. They almost beat them in Tennessee. That game went to overtime. So the rest of the Texans' schedule, I was looking at this. I actually think they could have won out. Uh, of course, this is all hypothetical now that Will Fuller's out. And by the way. And Bradley Roby. By the way, did you see that? No, Bradley Roby. Eh, he He's your best corner. That. He wasn't doing that good for us. But anyway. Didn't uh, y'all just lose another corner too? Didn't y'all lose a corner to injury? Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas, yeah. I know he's not a, not a key corner. I wouldn't corner, say but. he's that up. Long, uh, my, Bradley Roby definitely will be missed, but he has made some bone. He's just had – he's made some bonehead decisions recently on the field just nitpicking. But, yeah, you're right. He is good. The Thomas – missing the Thomas guy won't be as – Bad as Bradley Roby. No, but, but yeah, but but what I'm saying is, you know, before the season started, we were talking about uh, Will Fuller, right? I was saying, uh, you know, I'm not, I wasn't saying he's like, uh, he's he was a number one like DeAndre Hopkins, but I was talking pretty highly on Will Fuller. I said this Texans offense is so much more dangerous when Will Fuller's on the field, and it showed the last two weeks. Will Fuller has been balling recently, dude. And 171 receiving yards last I week. I guess it makes sense why, but his numbers have been just crazy. So, uh, he's been getting free. They've been using him a lot uh, better. That Detroit game was just – I mean, that was just – yeah, that was crazy. He was just – we were just getting anything we wanted uh, in the Detroit game. But uh, without him, it's going uh, to be a little bit hard. Um, but I just wanted to give a shout-out to him up to this point. And, and DeAndre Hopkins and, and uh, Sean Watson, by the way, just tweeted out or said something that he was like, oh, yeah, we got it. We got to keep Fuller. I mean, even next year. I know he misses. So it's going to be a six-game suspension. So he's going to miss the first game of next season. But Watson says it doesn't matter. He wants to keep Will Fuller locked up. And if you're looking, I think, uh, yeah, so there's one, two, three, four, five games left. I, 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 I legit thought that uh, beating the Colts twice would have been hard but I think you could beat one of them. Um, I, I and, agree with that. And then I, and, but then I legit thought you could win the you Bears. definitely beat I, Cincinnati. I think you could beat the Bears. I think you could beat Cincinnati. And That'd I be think a good you, game. Chicago would be a I good game. I think you could beat uh, – since we've already lost to Tennessee and Tennessee barely, I think you win that game against Tennessee the last game of the season. So you're looking at 8-8, eight and eight, almost 9-7 and seven after this whole crap fest of a year. But now it's going to be hard to find where that extra – uh, push comes from where that offense comes from. Now the tech. Now Watson's been playing out of his mind too. He's been he really one has. of the best. 
I mean, these past four or five games, Watson's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, it's just it's, – it's, 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 it's what we were wanting to start the season, but we didn't get because of all the crap with Bill O'Brien. But uh, that Watson, I mean, he can keep you in games. And that's, that's the one thing about the Texans is you have a guy like Watson out there, you always feel like you have a, you have a chance to win no matter how shitty the rest of the things are going. So, um, yeah, the, the Texans are looking different because I think, uh, believe it or not, Duke Johnson, the running back for them. He has been. Not, not David Johnson. Not David. Duke not the guy Johnson. you gave up D- number one receiver in the league D-U-K-E. D-U-K-E. Well, Cleveland Duke, Brown. Duke Johnson. That dude is balling. He caught a touchdown pass from uh, Deshaun Watson. In the, uh, he's a great receiving back, and he's a pretty good little scat back. He's not like a power back. And he's been in the say, league a long time, hasn't he? I, I wouldn't say he's been. I mean, he's been around. Um, I know I he started say, his career in Cleveland. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's a full speedster, and I wouldn't say he's a power back, but he reminds me of kind of like, you know, on Madden, you can kind of get that scat back setting or whatever. That's what he reminds me of—a guy who just kind of just finds the hole and gets and gets yardage when he can, and he's not gonna try to get yardage that's not there. He's not gonna make amazing plays. He's not gonna make a lot of guys miss, but he's gonna get that that yardage you need for first downs. And he's one of the better – he's a really good receiving back out of the backfield. That's his – that's like his main thing. So, I really like how they're using Duke, and they're spreading out the receivers more, and they're letting Watson – instead of relying on David Johnson, which is what Bill O'Brien wanted to do, that was his mission, right? Bill O'Brien, that's the reason he got – he wanted that run, 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 play-action style offense. Well, Deshaun Watson may not be good with play action. Maybe you should actually just let this guy go. Put him in shotgun, spread the receivers out, and fling that sucker. Let him go. Design plays where Watson can get out of the pocket, throw some stuff downfield, get him on the move, and unleash the the true offense because they do have some speedsters on offense. But – now you have one less speedster, so it's going to be a little bit harder. So you're wanting to see that Brett Favre, Green Bay Packers, 1996 offense. That's what you want. Just open the field, yeah. let him throw it. The funny thing about Duke Johnson, dude, he has <clears throat> never in his career rushed for more yards than he received. Isn't that crazy? He is he, yeah, in his he's career. Yeah, he's a receiver, man. He, that's he's always had yeah. more receiving yards as a running back. So he played <clears throat> yeah. four years at Cleveland. He's, he was drafted in 2015. and then, that's, one of his, that's his thing, man. He reminds yeah, he's been me in Houston of, uh, the past two years. He reminds me of uh, what's that guy they had? In Last the year he had the same amount of rushing yards as the shooting yards at four ten. That was yeah, the he's only kind of like a little. Uh, well, I, w- I wasn't going to say Danny Woodhead or the Rex Burkhead type guys, but he, uh, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Rex is a goal sh- line. They had uh, they had Shane Vereen. I don't know if you remember him in New I England. I remember Shane Vereen. Shane yeah. Vereen. He was a good receiving back in New England, and I really liked him. He well, was. New England. He was he was always getting checkdowns from Brady, like he was piling up those checkdowns. So if you have a PPR, if you have a PPR league in fantasy, Duke Johnson's one of your guys. He'll slowly get you about 15, 20 points a game if you if you if you uh, have him on your team. Especially with David Johnson constantly on and off the field. I mean that kid. Well, David Johnson's been hurt for a while. He can't, yeah. yeah, he can't. He can't. He's he always been, been hurt, been man. Ever since that one year that made him really good and increased his value, he's. Yeah. I don't think he's finished. Four games in a row. And they've I mean, been better without him. They've been better without him. So, it's like their offense is better with Deshaun Watson having the ball. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk Deshaun Watson is better than, you know, any kind of running game you have? Unless you have, like, a super good running back, I would build my unless offense Unless you have McCaffrey Watson. or Saquon, would, Saquon yeah, Barkley. I, yeah, I would build my offense around Watson unless you have one of those top running backs. Other than that, you got to go with Watson. You got to sling it, man. I hundred percent agree, and and you, know, you and you mentioned Will Fuller. I, I'm going to say the same thing about Will Fuller now, as I said going into the year. He's not a number one guy, but he is one of the best deep depth guys in the league. I mean, he, he reminds me, he can just take the top off of an offense, of a defense. You know, you just send him deep, and he's kind of the guy that's like, man, we need a big play here. Will go run like a post route, twenty yards downfield. Uh, Deshaun's going to scramble around in the in the backfield, and he's going to chunk it up to you, and you're going to make a forty yard touchdown catch. And this offense is going to miss that. I, I, don't, I don't know if Brandon Cooks can, can provide that for even, you. Yeah, even when – uh, And he's going to be real important, Brandon Cooks. This, this goes back to when they had Hopkins. They had a legit number one guy. Exactly. And the, off- and the offense still didn't look good without – I'm telling you, bro, he may not be a number yeah, one guy. because – He may not be a number one guy, but he's more important than a number one guy. Because he can be. He, he can opens. be. Well, 100% no, I, can I'm be. Wit- I'm witnessing. I witnessed it. I mean – 
the Texans had Hopkins last year, and there were games where Fuller was out, and the Texans did not look good. Hopkins would, you know, Hopkins, they would try to force it to him, but he doesn't necessarily take the top off of defenses. Like, yeah, see, it, Will Fuller, Tyreek Hill, those type of guys that uh, Hollywood Brown for the Ravens. I think Tyreek Hill's the number one receiver, um, but that's. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not comparing him to Tyreek Hill's complete package. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But a guy with that speed. Yeah. I mean, Will Fuller has that type of speed. I mean, he's a dude that can bust out. Uh, Hollywood Brown's another guy. Michael I, Gallup. I saw on the, I saw on the Ravens game, yes. Gallup they, does uh, the same thing for Amari Cooper in Dallas. Yeah. Gallup without Gallup, the offense in Dallas would look completely. First, then you add uh, um, Didi in there, yeah. and it's a completely other monster. Yeah. Anyway, exactly, it's an important piece. It may not be a number one, but he's he's uh, that value I was trying to stress about him in Houston was was is huge. We really do like our Will Fuller, so it was a. It's every time he went out, it was like we don't know, man. The offense it's just not that big plays not there. But Cooks is fast. Don't get me wrong, but they also lost Kenny Stills due to. Uh, stu- they just they just pretty much cut him. I just mean, he just him. wasn't a good fit. But yeah, um, so you know he wasn't a good lock. So who are your receivers now? He's Cooks, Randall Cobb. Who are the rest? Uh, does that one? Yeah, Kuti, is he still there? Kuti, Kuti's still there. Yeah, former Red Raider. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Brandon Jordan Cooks. Aikens Brandon Cooks has been really good at points in his career, especially when he was in New England. But uh, I, it's it's again, Brandon Cooks reminds me of a little bit better version of Tavon Austin. Like he's there because he's fast, and I think I think Brandon Cooks is a little bit better inside route runner than Tavon Austin mm-hmm. was. I mean, Tavon Austin was kind of a one trick pony. You either threw him a slant, you ran him on the sweep, or he was a punt yeah. returner. I think Brandon Cooks is a much more of a receiver than that. But can he fill that void of not having? I mean, now you really don't have a number one. I mean, in the situation that you had, Will Fuller yeah. was your number one, and he was able to. You know, you, you always had to have someone over top of him, which means you have two guys covered him because if he gets yeah. behind that cornerback, really now you don't have that anymore. So now, yeah. I mean, Randall Cobb, I love Randall Cobb. He's not going to take the top off. And, no. and he's he's a slot guy. It's going to struggle, man. Brandon Cooks can maybe do it, but I don't think he's got that type. I mean, he, he had, what, one, two, three. I get 4,000-yard receiving seasons, so I guess he's capable of it, but I don't know. We'll, uh, we, we will see. It'll be interesting to watch to see how that offense develops and see if – Deshaun can once again make up for what his team lacks because that kind of has been the story of his career up to this Yeah. Point. Who was the other one? So Aikens and Darren Fells. Darren Fells, Fells has, been, has been good. Tied in yeah. for us. But, uh, yeah, no, you don't have those guys anymore, man. That's the thing is you don't have the uh, – Randall Cobb, a lot of pressure falls on Cobb and Cooks to uh, spread it out. It's going to be a lot of those short – it's not going to be as deadly as we want it to be now. But, yeah. Just as the Texans start pulling off some wins, not that this season was going to be anything because you probably still missed the playoffs. Because let's talk about this. let's talk this for not not that long, but let's talk. The AFC has really surprised me. Normally, I would think the NFC would have all the top teams, but damn, dude, the AFC is stacked. Every single division leader in the AFC, I could make a legitimate argument they could win the Super Bowl. Legitimate. You've got the Titans, studs. You got the I Steelers. Big. My Cowboys are out of it. I'm pulling for the Titans, man. Straight the up. Titans. I love Tannehill. Sure. I love Derrick Henry. I love the way he plays. I'm on the Titans board. Yeah, I'm you on. got the Chiefs and you got the Steelers. And in the East, you got the Buffalo Bills. Damn, son. Another sneaky team. The AFC is the AFC is balling out for the first time. Well, hell, normally, even the Miami Dolphins are playing way better than they should be. <laughs> no, normally you say normally we say that about the NFC, but I think the AFC this year has just been the Steelers won again today. They played a they played a Wednesday 11 night. 11-0, oh, man. TJ Watt is on another oh. level. And it's funny because pro fantasy football focus, they did a thing where they pulled up the the defensive ratings. It was the top three. It was a Twitter yeah. thing. And they had TJ Watt at the top. I believe uh, Khalil Mack was number two. And Demarcus Lawrence was number three, which was kind of surprising. But, I mean, he doesn't have the sacks numbers, but he's still so valuable on that D-line. But, um, yeah, they had – they had Super Bowl they had predictions. A, Super Bowl they had predictions. A, Right we'll now. have to do that, but let, let, I want to no. talk about this first. They okay. had um, they had T.J. Watt's picture as number one, but they had him as J.J. Watt. <laughs> it was like, come on, man, put some respect on the guy. Like, yeah, I, I know Still that like playing second fiddle. I see, but I mean, they're such different players. J.J. Watt was a really giant are. behemoth freak. Did you TJ see J.J. Watt, Watt again though? He had another pick six on Thanksgiving. Ah, man, that was so much fun. Ew, I, I love JJ. He still got it. He still hey, got you know, it. You know, I will – you know, JJ reminds me so much of Bob Lilly. And Bob hey. Lilly is like my favorite football player of all time. That's a good comparison. He's a throwback. So, 
he's a he, he's guy. he's more explosive than <laughs> yeah. Bob Lilly was. But yeah, because uh, you don't think of explosion with. But he is a throwback blue collar workhorse like Bob. He Lilly. is, and, and that's why that's why I love T.J. Watt. So but, I, uh, I bet people weren't expecting a Bob Lilly name drop. No, that was. <laughs> but hey, I got to be honest, Reed. You know, anytime Thanksgiving comes around, and uh, well, first off, the Cowboys lose on Thanksgiving. That's always something I look forward to. That's happened. Yeah, two I years was in expected. A row. They're terrible. Um, this, year. this year was more expected. Last year, I think it was to the Bills. I don't think it was as expected. Hey. But uh, it was still expected, I guess. But the Bills were pretty good last year, too. But they weren't as good as this year. But And then the Texans – I mean, every four years the Texans play – it feels like every well, – it's actually every eight years, I think. Or I don't know. But they played the Lions on Thanksgiving one in 2012. So it has been eight years. Eight years ago they played the Lions on Thanksgiving and they, uh, and they, they won because of that stupid uh, challenge call. Uh, by their coach, but then they won again against the Lions. I did not expect them to win as big as they did. They really just started rubbing it in. They started doing trick plays and shit on national on national TV on Thanksgiving. They started doing like backyard uh, trick plays against these guys. It was a they really ran up the score. I was I was impressed. Well, the Lions would do it if they were up. Let's be honest. Yeah, they, I'm not and they fired it. Matt it's, Patricia. It's not something. Uh, it's do Bill O'Brien. Would never do that. He's way too conservative. But I'm liking this Romeo Cornell uh, Texans team. He got nothing to lose, dude. The dude's like 72, 73. He's like, eh. Equity. He knows this ain't going to be his team at the end of the year, yeah. so I want to have some fun with it while yeah. it lasts. It'll be interesting. I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to follow is that head coaching search in the offseason. Because I, yeah. I, I think I, – I have a feeling that guys like J.J. Watt – I still want the offensive coordinator from the, uh, the Chiefs, Bianimi. But uh, – It's a good one. Think, Chief, Ten and one. Heck, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I think he would be great. I mean, if he wants to be a head coach somewhere and he wants to have a quarterback that's in the same mold as Mahomes, I feel like the Texans would be a good spot for him. He could mold Watson until he what, what he wanted to do, and then Watson and Mahomes could battle it out for the AFC <laughs> for years to come. I'm just saying it would be great, but that's my Texans pipe dream right there. <laughs> pipe dream. Who knows if it'll ever happen, but I don't hey, know. Hey, it could happen. Being even could. become the Texans. Could. Legit. Legit could come. I'm just the part about him him battling Mahomes for the AFC was the part I was. That's the pipe dream. Hey, that would be dream. a Mahomes, lot of fun to watch. This though. is Mahomes' world. We're just living in it, boys. It really is, man. He makes it look so easy. He's just He's like good man. Just floats around Cheat the field. Code. Cheat those, code on fantasy. Those blindsided him. fifty yard home hail marys hits will yeah. hits Tyreek Hill right. I have him and Tyreek Hill on the same team, bro. That's cheating. That's a cheat code in my other league. In my That's other cheating. league, not the not the league I'm sucking in. But speaking my other of league. I don't Speaking even want to of, talk about that league, the graph league. Yeah, talking about the other league, the league I can cheat code everything. <laughs> hey, I was down and out of it. I just got a win over the Rough Owls. Boy, I went from like third to last to like fourth. Top four teams make the playoffs. I'm in the yeah, running, you man. Might make the playoffs, bro. I'm in the running. I, I'm uh, interested to see how that goes. Ryan and I made an interesting trade last week. Um, it's worked out better for me than it has yeah. for him. But um, I'm in the playoffs in the other league. The other league, we have a championship like a wrestling belt. So, hopefully I get that. I don't think I'm going to get the Graph League trophy. Josh Reddick almost made me cry yesterday. Yeah. It was – man, he's one of those guys. right in the feels, man. Right in the feels. He's one of those guys I, I just like on a personal – I feel like I could – I feel like I would hang out because he likes Dragon Ball Z. Um, he's just a good old country southern boy. I mean, I feel like I could hang out with that guy – I could get him in the truck. We could go mudding, drink some beers. I don't even do a lot of that stuff normally, but I would do it with him. I would embrace my inner redneck with Josh Reddick, and I feel like I would have a good-ass time doing it. Go fishing. I mean, the dude would be a good good guy to hang out with. But, yeah, no longer on the Astros. That You know, I don't know. Uh, well, I, don't I mean, know, it's been man. official for a while now, but it's he been kind, official, of, but he kind of addressed it personally. He said, uh, I think he wrote on his Instagram, he said, thank you to the Astros. He said he teammates. wants to come back. Yeah, I mean, of course he does. He said, Houston will always be special to me from winning a World Series to getting engaged and starting a family. I love playing here, and he looks forward to doing it again. Let's be well, honest. So, yeah, he's, the look not, forward he's to not, doing it again gets me because not every player – he didn't have to say that, you know. No. And but he did. Here, let's be honest. He's not coming back. Uh, he just doesn't fit the what the Astros are trying to do. Uh, they already have so many lefty bats. Uh, I'd be shocked if, if they were going to bring in a lefty bat. I think they'd go for a – uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, I don't know, Marcelo Zuna might be a right-handed hitter, but I just don't think Josh Reddick fits what the Astros want right now. Uh, but 
very sad, kind of sad to see him leave. He was such a big part of that that run there uh, in 20, 2016 on. He's there the past four years, $52 million deal. Made plenty of money, had two kids there. Um, the famous Speedo pick, can't forget about that. Should have made that my background, man. Uh, maybe next week for in honor of Josh Reddick, but that was sad yeah. news, man. It, it really hit home how much how different next season's going to be. Josh Reddick's going to be gone. George Springer's gone. Michael Brantley might be gone. I still think I still think the Astros could bring him back, and it seems oh, like man. they want to bring him back, Michael Brantley. I think bringing Michael Brantley as a left-handed bat, bringing him back makes a lot more sense than a Josh Reddick because the biggest reason you kept Josh Reddick was because he didn't strike out. He got on base. Well, Michael Brantley's literally like the CEO of putting together good at-bats and getting on base. So I, I, other than maybe the defense, you'd miss out. But I think Michael Brantley can play up enough to cover losing that defense. So I'd rather put that money into a Michael Brantley whose offensive potential is a lot higher than Josh Reddick. Um, another thing I did want to mention, though, about the MLB free agency, the Cubs made some interesting moves. So they essentially let Kyle Schwarber and Albert Albert Almora. I can't remember if it's Alberto or Albert, but um, he's a big prospect coming up. Never really – he kind of has been a Jake Marisnik type in the major leagues. Um, let both of them go, right? I think either of those guys make sense in Houston. I think Albert Almora is the type of guy that he could, maybe he just needs – a scenery change to really develop into the five-tool player that he is. Um, and I think you'd be able to get him for a little bit cheaper. So I'd love to see Alberto Amora in a Houston Astros uniform, maybe not as the everyday outfielder, maybe as a fourth fourth outfielder. I'm still on the Miles Straw everyday player watch, but I don't know if that's going to happen. That's kind of a pipe dream. But I'd love Alberto Amora in Houston. I mean, the guy is hit. Let's see. I'm looking at pulling up his stats. He – Hit 277 as a rookie in 2016. Hit 298, 286. Last year, he hit 230. Um, hit 12 homers last year. Not a big homer guy. That was in 130 games played. So not a big power guy. Big on base. Great defensively. He'd be an interesting one. Kyle Schwarber, on the other hand, would be an interesting pickup. Can play first base. Can play the outfield. You can DH him. I don't think he's coming to Houston solely because we already have a guy named Jordan Alvarez who does pretty much the same role except for better. Um, yeah, man, don't forget about Jordan. I can't wait to have Jordan back on the field, man. That's going to be a blast. Uh, but just interesting couple of moves by Chicago I really wanted to talk about. They're apparently trying to trade Chris Bryant. Wow. What are they doing in Chicago? Because they, uh, they won their division last year, if I'm looking correctly. And they have you, Darvish, who finally turned into the ace he's supposed to be. Um, so our guess are they just – I mean, they won their division. and It's probably I, money I, I know that they lose in the they, – they must have lost really early in the playoffs because I don't remember them doing much in the playoffs at all. No, I don't think they, they made the either. playoffs, I guess, but they must have lost, like, immediately. Why get rid of Chris Bryant? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That, that's weird. They did win the division, but I don't remember them much about them last year. But, yeah – they're still a good squad. It's weird they're they're getting rid of all these guys or they're letting these guys go. I don't know. I thought the Cubs were – I still thought the Cubs were, like, you know, on the rise. I really did. But, um, you know, uh, we'll, well see what they do. Chris Bryant's a former MVP. Yeah. You know? And he, I think he's had a down year or two. But, I mean, he's best friends with all the guys there. He's, like, he's a pretty boy, you know. I mean, he's, like, perfect to be, like, face of the franchise, Texas kid, big, hits – majestic homers 400,000 feet what is he like 20 he's 28 so yeah. I'm like a five-year deal you have the one of the best power hitters in the league yeah. locked in I don't understand why they're trying to push him out of town it's that's it's, weird it, last going year on. last year he had 280 he had 280 in 2019 not in 2020 he had 280 with 30 homers 77 RBIs it doesn't seem like you'd want to put the uh, I don't know baseball's weird there's a lot of guys but it seems like they're putting a they're trying to restart things, but I don't know why you'd want to restart things. The Cubs were still really competitive last no, year. No, you got Javier Baez is one of the best players in the league, anchoring down the lineup. Well, Wilson Contreras is an awesome catcher. Wouldn't Chris you Bryant, want, I thought you'd want to double down and try to win. Double down? Maybe it's money things. I don't. I don't yeah. know. I know Chicago's not the biggest market. I mean, as far as they're they're a decent market, but it's, their history the, is the Cubs there, themselves. But yeah, the history of the Cubs is great, but the market is probably gone gone down some i would imagine in chicago for sure because oh, the, the bulls just aren't what they used to be no, none of the none of the sports are what you thought i mean the bears white Sox are so, only coming up 
the White Sox are probably going to be the future of Chicago. Well, they I got that Luis Robert kid, man. He's mm-hmm. he's electric. Just and that would be good for the South Side, you know. Freakishly prop, large human being. Props to the South Side. I'm all for the South Side. South Side. Let's let's talk about an interesting development in college football. Yes. By the way, I'm a I'm all for it. You know, I don't understand, but uh, I don't understand the hate the Aggies get. Texas A and M currently sits at fifth. They get so much hate. And the NCAA rankings, um, they've got wins over number four ranked Florida. They've got wins. Over LSU, and I know LSU's down this year, but you still got to win over LSU. Uh, they are currently ranked fifth behind Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson. Florida State. How do you rank six. them behind Ohio State? I think Ohio State's got Justin Fields. Uh, they're also 4 0. I know they haven't. How many games have they played, though? 4 0. They're 4 like, 0. I think they've had come a lot on. of. They should be. Hey, the Aggies missed like three weeks, though. So, I know. I get it. I get it. But as a whole, it's really hard for me to put a team 4-0 over a team who's played as many games as the Aggies have played. I don't know. I feel like you got to go with the team that's played more games. But Because we don't really know what Ohio State really – 4-0, yeah, I guess you got a sample size there. But it's not as big as a sample size you have for well, A&M. And you got to award the team that's played the longest. you got to award the team that's played. I, know I don't disagree. It's out of their control. Kobe's so out you, of their control. But I think they get a lot of uh, uh, props just for being Ohio State. They're Ohio State, so they're automatically – they win four games and they're automatically one of the top teams in the country. Okay, I guess. I mean, Alabama's uh, undoubtedly 8 uh, no. Alabama's played, played their season, though. I yeah, understand Notre that. Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame belongs, belongs up there. Season. Yeah. But Clemson, too. But Ohio State ahead of A&M, to me, well, I here's got the, a little Here's the that. interesting thing about, about, about the Ohio State Buckeyes. They have the Mich- they have the Michigan Wolverines coming up. That is a game. Lose. That is a game they can lose. They're Michigan lose State. The- they almost lost to Indiana. They almost lost to Indiana. They almost lost to Penn State. I'm hearing all this crap. I'm just about saying the- Ohio State's not as good as people think they are. Well, and you hear all this crap about Texas saying, oh, they don't have that impressive win. Beating number four Florida was not an impressive win. And then they start talking about, oh, they only beat LSU by what was it, 13 points. And Ohio State almost losing to Penn State's any better? I mean, they almost lost to Penn State. Penn State hasn't won a fucking game. Sorry. Like, <laughs> wait, I've got the occasional F bomb. It's okay. It happens. But, but I'm I mean, just, I'm, I'm a little bit pumped up. I'm not even an AM fan, dude. But you play, you play four games and you get a participation trophy and you almost lose two of those games. Okay. I don't know, man. I mean, AM, who'd they lose Clemson, to? They lost Clemson, number one Alabama. Just, right? That was it. That was their only loss. Alabama. Clemson wow. just barely scratched by Boston College, 34-28. So and I don't want to hear crap yeah, about don't, have, not having an impressive win. Okay, yeah, they didn't have then the, And then they Clemson – the They didn't have Trevor Lawrence that game. The only, the only ranked team Clemson has played, the only ranked team they've played, Notre Dame, they lost to. Well, that's the ACC. Well, they, they beat Florida. Yeah, I forgot Florida. They did the, beat Florida. Uh, but the still – uh, that's the ACC. That's the path that Clemson always gets, though, because they're in the ACC, right? They're in a basketball conference. The ACC is a basketball conference. Clemson just happens to be, you know, good enough to win their games. And but it's a basketball conference. But yeah, Ohio State. I get it. They're real, they're usually a top team every year because they do play full season and they do win. But to me, it's kind of like it's the same treatment. Ohio State and Bama. To me, they get the same treatment all the I'd time. I agree. Because Alabama and plays up. If UT, yeah, Alabama lives up to it. Imagine if uh, if UT if UT was even twice as good, or even half as good as any of these teams, they'd be getting even that treatment and then some. <laughs> then you so look at A and M, dude. UT would get so much preference. They got a dang network. They got a network named after them. UT would get so much if UT was in A and M shoes. Longhorn fans would be all over Twitter, blasting it to the heavens. Longhorns fans are the absolute worst. If they were ranked number five right now behind Ohio State, they would be crying so hard. They'd be like me right now. How, how, I'm, going, <laughs> how, I'm, how I'm going to battle for your A&M Aggies is how every single UT fan would be if they were in the same position. Can you imagine how obnoxious it would be if UT made the playoffs? God, if they just had to How obnoxious season. would it be Dude, if they, they – they'll, they'll, they'll beat Iowa State and act like they won a natty. Yeah. 
They can't yeah. even beat Iowa State in a consistent but then, basis. But then, but then those are the same people that want to talk about how annoying Aggie fans are. Aggie fans are – I will say Aggie fans are definitely – like as I would say like someone is a patriot for their country, Aggie, Aggies are definitely – they're a patriot. They're very patriotic towards their school. They're very loyal to their school, okay? They're very loyal, and they have traditions, and they follow traditions, and they may be a little weird. You may meet an Aggie, and you're like, eh, this guy's kind of off, but, you know, you respect him because he's a diehard fan. I mean, UT, they've got got a little bit of arrogance behind him that I don't see in Aggie fans. I really don't. You know, Aggie fans could be very arrogant, but I I don't see a lot of them. A lot of them are just like, yeah, we got to keep fighting. We're in the SEC. You know, we get humbled every day in the SEC. SEC, every game's a grind. Every it really every, is. When every, you look at their schedule, grind, baby, they still got they still got the SEC. They still got top ranked Auburn coming up. Yeah, that's gonna they, be that's gonna be hard. That's gonna be a good game. Yeah. They, it's gonna be a good yeah. game. And then after that, they've got to beat Tennessee. Tennessee's always tough. I mean, yeah. it, you don't give me this crap about strength of schedule, impressive wins. Look, dude, they've played Alabama. They played Florida. They beat Florida. They played Mississippi State. They beat them. They played Arkansas. Beat them. South yeah. Carolina beat the crap out of them. LSU yeah, you, beat them. If, what more yeah. do you want, man? A if win over Bama? Is that what it's going to take? Yeah. If you're well, I mean, you lose to the best team in the country, and then apparently you're number five. I mean, apparently you're number five if you lose to Alabama. Uh, and I guess you, Ohio State. You know, they're 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 this high up. Their best win so far is against number 12, Indiana, and they beat them by a touchdown. They've beaten three unranked teams and one ranked team at number 12, and that's it. And you're telling me they're better than A&M right now? I know you're not saying that, but come I'm on. The I ranking, think, I that's think bad. The, that's bad to me. That's bad rankings. I think the Aggies <laughs> can legitimately take on Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. And have and they can beat Alabama. They got to play their best game. Like it's got to be, be hard. But their yeah. best game. But I think that I think that I think that stands true for everybody. All That's three, everybody. All three other teams. All four Alabama's or five teams. Alabama's just a powerhouse. Always is. I mean, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to take your best effort, no matter which team you are, to beat Alabama. Clemson seems to manage to be able to do it every couple, every couple years. When they and, get, yeah, they get a little bit of Deshaun Watson magic, or you know, whatever they can know, get. Trevor but Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence magic. Is Trevor Lawrence out for the year? Am I mistaken on that? Uh, no, actually, no, now we got to both look it up because yeah, I can't. Remember. I remember he definitely uh, yeah. missed. It. I don't know if he played in the Notre Dame game. He might have. Okay, I'm not Mark sure. Jones and Kyle. Oh no, he's playing in Florida. He's playing in the Florida game. Okay, so he he's definitely playing. He says, "Man, we are ready. We are ready to play." And. He, yeah, the ESPN, the first article that pops up, can Mac Jones and Kyle Task, Trask hold off Trevor Lawrence? My answer is maybe. I don't know. Florida versus Clemson, that might be a good game. Hey, that, that might be a good the, game. Kyle Trask is no joke. That here's Florida the thing. Team. Here's the thing. If Clemson <laughs> goes in and, and loses to Florida, let's say Florida wins, a and M better go up to number three, and Florida better go up to four. If now if, Florida can't jump, if Florida A&M, wins no that way. game and jumps A and M. That could happen. Aggie I can fans, see that. Aggie fans should riot. They should, and they probably Aggie, will, dude. Aggie they probably fans will. don't, but uh, they need to start being not full UT, but they need to start because I don't hear a lot. I mean, I hear you sometimes. I have a buddy that went to A and M, but a lot of the times Aggie fans are just like, yeah, you know, we're root for our Aggies no matter what. It doesn't matter. But I think Aggie fans, this is the time to get greedy right here. This year, this year, with everything going the way it's going, this is the time for Aggie fans to get a little bit greedy because if they get in, start shaking things up in the playoffs, who knows, one bad game against – if Alabama has one bad game in the national championship and A&M just happens to be the other team, hey, A&M is close, man. A&M is very close to a natty this year. I, I can feel it. It's right there. Closest they've ever been, that's for yeah. sure. I, I'm excited about it. I mean, it's funny because I never th- – I didn't think about it at all. All throughout the year, I've just kind of been like, just, you know. Be, them being nah, number you know. five really surprised me too. I was like – Yeah, what? like they beat Florida and I was like, heck yeah, yeah, A&M. Good job. You know, I was like – so, just kept like, winning. Like a, like a proud grandpa. Yeah. I was like, yeah, good job, guys. So proud. And then I blink and all of a sudden they're top five. And like in, in the thick of it, and, my, and Sean Shannon, we need to get him on the show to talk about this. He's telling me every week, he's like, yo, man, all they got to do is this, this, and this. It's like, yo, if, if, if uh, 
if Notre Dame does this or that, the Aggies are in. And I'm like, nah, come on now. And then, like, you look into it. It's, it's legit. Like, all they got to do is beat Auburn and Dude, get a couple they, things to fall their way, and they're in. If they make the – if they make the – I'm going – Northgate's going to be lit. I'm going to Northgate if they make the national championship. <laughs> that place <laughs> – Dude, that place is going to be – that place is always rocking. Like, I mean, as a, as a uh, Texas State guy, I, I was – so Texas State, we have the square, right? And every school has their their bar area or whatever. Texas State has the square. Now, if you talk to any other Texas State alumni, they'll brag about the square. They'll say, the square, let's go to the square, let's go to the square. They're diehard square goers. But I actually went to a, a real football college town – uh, party central North Northgate is what the A and M calls it. Northgate is there like it's like a whole town, but it's a it's like bars, bars everywhere. That's Northgate. That's what so A like and M has. Street, Aggie Sixth Street. It's it, it's like the square times ten. It's like ten squares put into one. It's like uh, it's 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 a different animal over there, dude. And it's uh and they I mean after uh after a football game after a win that's those Saturday nights over there. It's it's just different. It's a different feel over there. It's different than Bobcat fans don't really have that feel because you know Bobcats don't really win games. So it's a little bit different over there. They the, everybody gets excited about a And M football over there. It's it's a different thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Bobcat football. I hate to end the show. Oh on yeah, a sad I had note, to say it. Do have to mention uh, Cambrell Winters. Such a sad, unfortunate incident. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, Texas State sophomore, he was one of the better recruits from that class. I remember writing up the, the when he was signed, and uh, just sucks to see that much talent, and and not of, even uh, talent, but just a young yeah. man uh, go like that. But anyway, Houston A Leaf from the Houston area. Yeah, um, a couple players. I think J- Jeremiah Haydell is from yeah, that school. It's, uh, he, it's a it's a sad situation. He's headed there. to the NFL, so that's uh, exciting. That's I think he's got a shot. He's he's a he's just a one of the better receivers at Texas State since I've been there. Yeah, no, he's going to get somewhere. He's going to go somewhere for sure. At least, uh, at least a ro- uh, roster. Anyway. But that uh, – that going back to that that Winters kid, um, he was uh, – he, he, he was something special too. I'm not just talking about athletic ability. I know he was much more than that. But um, athletic build, athletic-wise, if, as, as a, uh, what he was at, at the corner position, I believe he was a cornerback, um, he was a stud, man. He was explosive. He was big. He was next level big. Like he yeah, was, like he, he was, was next he level. Was he was legit. He was legit. So um, it's just like you don't understand sometimes. I don't know. A lot of people have. Uh, I had an old coach from. Uh, I don't know if it was COVID related or anything like that. But I had an old coach from uh, Lumberton, Texas, that passed away today as well. So it's been kind of hard on everybody that Liberty Hill. Liberty Hill lost um, their longtime AD and head coach. And this guy wasn't even that. This guy. This guy at uh yeah. This guy that was in. Lumberton, he was like our dad's age, dude. Like he wasn't even that old. So it's just really sad. It's it's one of those things you just don't understand. Like his son, I went to school with his son. Like he was son was a little bit older than me, but it was just like he posted it, and I was just like, damn. Like this world still, this world still sucks. You know, this world's not. You gotta hold your love. If we we're twelve oh three, we're funny and we fight sometimes or whatever. But I just want to say I love you, bro. I don't know. Uh, just. Don't take any moment for granted. Don't take any ch- – like, I used to think it was weird to tell other guys you love them, but yeah. I say it all the time now. I love you. Oh, 100%. Love you, bro. Love you too, um, man. And because you never know. I hope people that watch our show – and I hate to end this show at such a sentimental moment, but yeah, a lot, a lot of people that listen to our show, they know us, right? The yeah. people that listen to our show are, are friends and family, and we're hoping the show grows beyond that eventually. But right now, that's who our main listeners are. And just want to let you all know we love you all. And um, 2021's right on the corner. It'll be a better year. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Uh, yes. I could be wrong. But I'm, I we say never know, this, so. but I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, uh, if you ever need a break from the real world, we hope the 1203 can give that to you. Um, we will be back next week. So next week, 5 o'clock, ideally we start a little late today. Just a busy day. But um, Glad yeah. we got it in. I didn't think I was, I was, uh, you know, I was in the, one of those moods where I could have done it, could have not have done it. But the John it was good Wall- to do it. The John Wall trade, I, I literally had to do it, man. And I feel – I can't – it's weird. It's like a – everybody has some addiction. I don't know if this is like this for you. Maybe it is. But the podcast for me is like one of my addictions. Like I have to – if I'm not tweeting it or – sometimes tweeting it's not even enough. Tweeting it or posting it, if it's if so much thing is happening in the sports world 
and even and even now, like just the everyday, just stuff that's happening, I I don't have I don't really don't have a filter, so I can't just you know me I can't just keep things locked away. So yeah. I have to say it. I have to say it. And me just talking to myself a lot of the times, it's just it doesn't really do it justice. So I do appreciate. It's kind of like podcasting is a little bit of my therapy because I get to work through things. So um, I do I do appreciate this time we we do spend together doing the uh, the podcasting. It's really fun for me. Absolutely. Same, same here for me, man. And we will, of course, be back next week with another fire episode of the 1203. Thank you all for listening. See you next week.